This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you all. If it's your first time with us uh, here at ABC, we give you a warm welcome. And if you're joining us online as well, thanks for tuning in. Can I ask you a question at the beginning of my message to you today? What's your favourite Disney movie? Shout out. What's your favourite Disney so, the Lion King. Oh, oh I like a bit of the Lion King. Yeah, what else? Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that's Toy Story. Yeah, Brian? Oh, wow. <laughs> Song of the South. We've just gone back in a time warp right there to Song of the South. Most of the kids are looking at each other going, like, Song of the South? What's that? What's that? What other Disney movie do you like? Aladdin. Yes. Fantasia is another good one. Well, it was Monday on the bank holiday that all of us, we saw, we're all grown-ups in our family right now, but we went with all the other kids to see Aladdin and to see Will Smith in the new Disney movie. Have any of you seen it yet? Oh, you've got to go and see it. It is really, really, it's a great, great movie. I'm not here to plug Disney, although their stock and share is not doing pretty well at the moment. So if you can help lift that, that'd be, um, that would be great. But um, I was going to see it, and I've got to be honest, you know, like expectancy is a really important thing in life, isn't it? If, you know, if you go expecting things to happen, like if you've got to go to a party, or you go to someone's wedding, or if you go to someone's house or whatever, if you go with expectancy, how many of you know that that actually does affect how you feel? Yeah, if you think you're going to have a good time, you invariably are going to have a good time. So I've got to be honest, like because I love Robin Williams. You see, and Robin Williams was like an amazing genie, wasn't he? When he and I'm thinking, how is Will Smith ever going to live up to it? So I won't say anything more than go and see it. It's a fantastic movie. And it got me thinking. You see, as I come to prepare God's word, our, our daily life actually affects our walk with God, doesn't it? Stuff that happens to us. How many of you know that? How many of you know that? That when you turn to God's word in, in the week and you, you know, you read stuff and you go, oh my word, who told the Holy Spirit and who told Jesus that I would be reading this text today because this is written just for me? How many of you have that happen? How many of you have that happen? So it happened to me this week. It really did. And I was... Consumed by this thought, consumed by the thought that comes from Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. Just stick your finger in it and hold it for now. Just put it in there, find it in your Bible. Or if you're following us online right now or listening online, just Google it right now and stick your finger in it because I'm going to come to it in a minute. But the thought I had was this. You know, because when you rub the lamp in the genie story, in the story of Aladdin, what happens? Who comes out? Good, well done, Will Smith or Robin Williams, comes out and announces himself to the world and says, That's right. (laughs) Hello, Master. And he goes into this dialogue about granting you how many wishes? Three wishes. And the thought occurred to me do you know if we gave God three wishes, what would his wish be for us? That was the thought. What would God 
ask of us. And the thought came from Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36 through that we're going to read in a minute and we'll follow it on screen. But I believe God only asks for two wishes, maybe that's wrapped up in one. In Matthew 22 verse 37 where he says, when the rich young ruler says to him, what's the secret of life? And he says that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. How cool is that? Like, we don't need three wishes when it comes to God. All we need is one wish, one desire that comes from God's heart himself for you and for me. You see, because today is the 2nd of June, 2019, isn't it? And our life is full of defining moments. And one of the things that Alexa said to me this morning, I've programmed Alexa in the morning that she comes up and I say, Alexa, good morning. And she goes into my daily briefing. Any of you got an Alexa or a good one? She goes and talks to me about the news and the weather and everything. And she gives me some fun facts, some fun facts about today. Do you know that on this day in 1953, the Queen's coronation happened? In 19, how many of you saw that? It was on television at the time. Brian saw it and Brenda saw it and everything. And the kids are going like, well, the young people here are going like, Coronation? What's one of that? No, nothing to do with Coronation Street. Nothing to do with that at all. It's when our glorious queen, uh, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, uh, took an oath to serve uh, the nation. As well as that, Thomas Hardy was born on this day in history. Is that interesting? Yes, a great poet as he is. All of you know him very, very well and read him, read his works. And as well as that, William Tate, the artist, died on this day in history. You see, no matter where we find ourselves in life, whether today's the day that we're born, whether today's the day that we die, or whether in between we find ourselves becoming king or queen or all kinds of things that happen in our life, there's one thing I know we all want. And do you know what that is? It's a song that the Rolling Stones used to sing about. Do you remember? Yes. I can't get, oh, there's a few sinners in the back row that's singing the song, listening to the Rolling Stones. What did Jagger used to sing? I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah. You see, finding contentment and finding happiness in life whether we live or we die or the bits in between, we're all looking for meaning in life. So my, the title of my message to you today is called The Secret of Loving Yourself. The Secret of Loving Yourself. You see, as Andrea prayed earlier, and she's talking about self-esteem issues. And she's talking about the way we all feel. We have never ever become such a generation or such a culture that is so inward-looking or self-centered ever. Do you know, you can read a book by um, Tim Elmore, it's called The uh, I Generation, that talks about the millennial generation that we find ourselves. Do you know, and this is a study that was done uh, four or five years ago in, in his book, do you know how many selfies on average a teenager takes before they even get out of bed in the morning? 
17. 17. Until Memo goes on to write that, I'm not sure if it's get out of bed or not, because what they do, first of all, is they jump out of bed, sort the hair out, make sure the makeup's good, <laughs> jump back into bed, take a photograph. Oh, that quite doesn't quite work. Take another one. Oh, that, oh no, that's not right. Take another one. And then you go, oh, yeah, put a bit of filter on that, a bit of whiten the teeth. Oh, look at that. Whoa, I look good. And they put it out. And then if it doesn't collect likes pretty quickly, girls, isn't it? Or boys? Hey, if it's got no likes, after the, how long do you wait? And this is the generation we live in. And Brian and other people in the congregation are going, you what? What's Instagram? What's a selfie? You see, we've become a nation that's consumed by self. In fact, congratulations to Liverpool fans that are in this morning. Everyone's going, turning around saying, yeah, I know we're a rugby nation. And uh, God gave us a posing thumb so we can pick up the ball and run with it. I know that. That's proper sport. But there's another sport um, that other nations play and get crazy about, which it, it involves a ball, a round ball. And they don't pick it up and run with it. They kick it around. And uh, Tottenham were playing Liverpool in the Champions League. And it was a boring game until about 17 minutes in, wasn't it? When a streaker came out on the pitch. You didn't see that? You didn't see that? She's gone from 400... Apparently, I'm listening to the news. Alexa told me all of this. She has gone from 400,000 to 1.8 million Instagram followers in less than 24 hours. That's more than any football player that was on the pitch. And she did run pretty quick. I've got to give her that. She's like trying, the security guards trying to catch up with her. Such is the need... For likes. I mean, she didn't do it for any kind of moral issue or anything like that. It is just we are consumed as a nation by ourselves. We want to be liked. We want to be popular. We want to be powerful. We want all... Because look at our politicians all rattling around like now, right now to see who can be next in number 10. Hands up for Boris, anyone? No, I figured there was just a few that's going to go up there uh, right now. Hands up for Mr. Hunt. Yeah. So let me take you to a scripture in the Old Testament. We just talked a little bit about Jesus and what he taught us. But let's flick back to the Old Testament for a minute. And this isn't quite a genie on the lamp story in the same way. But it is something that comes to a person that has the opportunity to ask for something. And selects the right thing. Turn to me to the book of 1 Kings. And we're going to read a passage of scripture from um, chapter 3. And we'll begin to read at verse 3. If you've got your Bible with you, flip um, to that at this moment in time. And then uh, if you haven't got a Bible, it's on screen for you to follow. And this is a story about King Solomon. He's the second king of Israel. Uh, th sorry, third king of Israel. There was Saul, and then there was David, and then there was King David's son, the one who wrote all the Psalms, a majority of the Psalms. And this was his son Solomon. And kings, or the writer of the kings, writes this scripture about King Solomon. Verse three: Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking to the walking according to the instructions given him by his father David. I just believe that is a text for my girls right now. Do you do you think that's a text for my daughters uh, right now, right there? I, uh, can I can I give that to my daughter as a gift this morning uh, in church this morning? Uh, she showed his love 
for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given her by her father, Philip. How cool would that scripture be? Yeah, good luck with that, Phil. Anyway, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. And how do we know that that, if we read the scriptures on, was his downfall? And it continues. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. That would have taken a long time, wouldn't it? Imagine that. And it continues. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. What was it? How many of you have dreams? Yeah, weird and wonderful dreams that you all have. Some of us have the running dream. Do you have the running dream? Where you can't run fast enough and they never catch you though. Uh, Any of you have the falling dream? Yeah, Yeah, there's lots of psychology around that. But Solomon had this particular dream. During the night in a dream, God said to him, ask whatever you want me to give to you. He didn't rub a lamp. There was no genie. This was just in a dream. And when he was given a request, Solomon answered in his dream, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. I hope one day my daughter pens words like that about her father. Because um, we all know what a bit of a rogue David was on the side. Don't we? It's just like unbelievable, isn't it? Because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart, says the adultering, murdering. But I, that's the reality of it, isn't it? Eh? Verse 7. Now, Lord my God... You have made your servant king in my place, in, ki- in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Amazing text, isn't it? Listen to the response in the dream from God. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice. And isn't it amazing, before we move on from this verse, isn't it amazing that people want power, and people want wealth, and people want the death of their enemies? We don't change as humans, do we? We don't change over time, do we? There's only one thing that Donald Trump wanted, wasn't it? Power. Isn't it just what? Power. It's only one thing that Boris wants, isn't it? He'll do anything to get into number 10. And I think we find ourselves in a generation where we all want to be popular no matter who we are. Come on, you all want to be popular. We want to be, have power and we all want wealth so that we can afford and buy nice things, don't we? Hey, buy nice shoes, girls. One more bag to go with that outfit. All of these things. We don't change. 4,000 years later, and we still don't 
change. Goes on to say, I will do what you have asked, responds the Lord. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Quite amazing, isn't it? So there's nobody that's as wise or as understanding or have that contrite or discerning heart ever will or ever will be. Quite amazing to have that written about you. And it finishes off in uh, the last couple of verses. Moreover, I will give you not what you have not have. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. Isn't this a reflection of what Jesus says when he says to us that if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. Isn't it interesting? He goes on to say, and if you walk in obedience to me, keep my decrees and commands, and oh boy, did he mess up there in the end, did young Solomon, didn't he? As David, your father, did, I will give you a long life. So we're going to flip over and just look at another passage of Scripture in the next chapter. We're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 29 onwards to see what the result of this dream. I mean, there's some dreams that we listen to that don't beca- that we have that don't become reality. Aren't they? I remember having a dream once, and I, I woke up, and um, I think I shared this uh, dream with Ruth. I got up, and I got up, and I'd been at a dream that something had happened to Ruth, and Ruth had died. I really, I had this dream. This is about 10, 15 years ago, and I got up in the morning, and ever since then, every morning, I get up in my bed, I look across, I think, she's breathing. And I thank God for one more day with my wife. God's blessed us with 27 years of marriage, heading towards 28, that I've got a done life with my wife for this length of time. God is so good to me. But I tell you what, I was crying in my dream because I thought it was so real. But Ruth was still there and still with me. So let's look at this text and see what happened because some of us get dreams that don't come true and some of us have dreams that come true. Did this dream come true? It absolutely did. 1 Kings chapter 4 verse 29. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Next time you're walking on the beach and you see all the sand, think of Solomon and Solomon's wisdom and understanding. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. It continues. He was wiser than anyone else. And I don't know who these people are. Is there an Ethan in the house? I'm pretty sure there's no Ezraite. There might be a He-Man. I see a few of them coming around here. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan, the Ezraite, wiser than He-Man, master of the universe. Calcol and Dada, the sons of Mahol. I wouldn't mess with them, would you? And his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. And look at this. Look what happens as a result of this. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his song numbered 1,005 Interesting, eh? How many hits did you write? 
1,005. He knows that very specifically. He spoke about plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of what's I mean, Darwin had nothing on this guy. He can jump on his ship and go and discover everything that's out there, but he had nothing on the writings of Solomon. He also spoke about the animals and birds, reptiles and fish. And people came from all over the world to see him and to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. What on earth are you on about then, Phil? What on earth are you wanting us in 2019, on June the 2nd, to understand? You see, the secret of loving yourself is to love God and love people. You see, in all of our quest as mankind, we're all searching, aren't we? We're all searching for what's the meaning of life? Aren't we? We want to know what is it. And you know, there's lots of people that come with all kinds of uh, rational and sometimes irrational responses to the answer of that question. But one thing I know, and one thing I know for myself, that the Bible teaches us that if we live life according to what Jesus taught us, that we love God and we love people, then it's through that that we actually love ourselves. You see, Loving yourself and going for Instagram likes is not going to work. You see, being wealthy is not going to work. In 1972, the great train robber, Ronnie Biggs, was interviewed. And in that interview that was done by the Telegraph all the way back in 1972, a question was asked of Ronnie Biggs, what was the happiest time of your life? At this time, he was living in Brazil because uh, he had uh, escaped and got away with a huge, huge robbery at that time. And do you know what he answered? The happiest time of my life was with me and my family on the summer before the great train robbery. You see, because they knew they might get caught, he had taken time aside from his busy life and all of what he was planning and all of what they were trying to do to spend time with his family. And amazing that the millions that they managed to get away with um, in that robbery at that time, that when interviewed years later, I think that was 1950s, I think some of you will remember uh, when that was, I think it was 1952 or 1953, but in 1972, almost 20 years later, they're saying to Ronnie Biggs, what's the happiest time of your life? Happiest time of my life was when I was playing with my wife and my family and enjoying the summer together. You see, because wealth is not the cure to our happiness. The secret to loving yourself and finding satisfaction can only be found, can only be found in God and through his son Jesus. In fact, I love the words that Pastor, um, Billy Graham, the great evangelist Billy Graham says, he says this, inside every person, is a God-shaped hole that only God can fill. Inside every person is a God-shaped hole that only God can fill. Yeah, well, see, Phil, it's easy for you to say that as a pastor, as a minister, and love God because you love God. Yeah, right. It's one of the most difficult things to do. Isn't it, church? Isn't it? To come aside and spend time with God and to allow him to have kingship and lordship of your life. Because the problem is, 
if I say I love God, it comes with a second consequence. If I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, I've got to love my neighbor as myself. Jesus said, didn't he? By this shall men know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. You see, we can't say that we love God and don't love people. We've got to keep his commandments. And that's really easy to do, isn't it? I find it really easy to love everyone because God is in the center of my heart and pervades everything in my universe. You've got to be joking. I'm just being honest with you. You've got to be joking. You know, when they cut you up in the traffic... Oh, it's difficult to love them then, isn't it? When you're running to the train, I just got in. I just got in and I thought, wow, if only I had walked instead of run. I ran for the train. I was coming, the taxi driver had got up. Always build more time than you need, eh? Is that a lesson to me? Always build more time. So I got up uh, to go and catch a train on Friday morning. Early on Friday, I had to catch a 5.45 train out of Paddington. There is such an hour. Brian lives there most of the time, but there is such an hour. And in order to get there, I thought if I'm up at half past four, drive in the shower, five o'clock at that time in the morning, three quarters an hour to get from London Bridge to get to, to um, Paddington. That's enough, isn't it? That's enough. Was it enough? Oh, no, that wasn't enough. And normally it's about half an hour, but there was a traffic issue and everything. And so I got running, and it was me and this other guy. We're both running for the train. And I ran all the way, got to the first carriage that was on there, dived on. And I, I, got, him, I got to say, I outran him. I did, even with my case and my bag. I outran him. I jumped in, and as we jumped in, the guard went, blew his whistle. It was louder than that. He blew his whistle. And the doors closed. I was on the inside. And he was on the outside. And he's knocking on the, the door won't open. And he's on the outside. And he turns to the guard. Now, I didn't need sign language. <laughs> I can't lip read. But it was blue. Because <laughs> he was going nuts with this guard. But he was too late. Now, I've got to be honest. In his situation, I'm not sure that I'd be loving my neighbour as myself, would you? Would you? And it's so difficult to do things. But can I tell you, if you want to live a life that's the secret of loving yourself, then the key to it is we've got to love God and we've got to allow him to shape and change our lives. And in so doing, the very act of doing that, the Holy Spirit prods our heart and life to turn us and make us more like Jesus. And a consequence of that is we've got to love people like God loves them. And we've got to forgive and forget. We've got to move on. And we've got to let it go, let it go. Haven't we? We've got... We, we got uh, more Disney. We, we've got to live this stuff. And I tell you, if we live this stuff to learn to love God and love people, that is the secret to loving yourself. That is. And maybe one of the reasons you don't love yourself enough is because you've not tried it. Maybe because we've not come and said, 
God, will you change my life? Because I want to give you a final warning as we close. Be careful if you read this book. Be careful when you pray. Because when we pray and when we read God's word, the Bible tells us that the word of God, not the word here that's written in English or is written in Welsh or Latin or whatever you choose to read it, it's talking about the word, the very truths of God's word. The scriptures say this, the word of God is quick, quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword and it pierces even to the dividing asunder of joints and spirit marrow the whole thing but listen to this it says and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart and what happens when we read God's word and we open it in the morning it informs so many things about our lives. It talks about God's ever-loving, merciful kindness towards us. He loved us and He changes us so we can love others. We didn't have... Church, listen to me. We didn't have the punishment that was due to us because of what Jesus did. And the freedom that he brought us so why do we punish others for switching a lane or for saying an abrupt word or for having a bad day can we overlook other people's issues and hassles and can we love how Jesus loved and you see when we read this book and sometimes we don't want to read the book sometimes when I've had one of those rowdy discussions with my wife do you know what those are do you know what those are? I'm just being real with you. Yeah, you know, just when you look at me and my wife, you know, the, you think there's daisy sw Disney swirls all the time and everything else like that. I mean, she deserves a medal for living with me. She really does. And there's tensions that come with married life. But then I read God's word. Oh, yeah, okay, move on, Phil. Life's not that important. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Just let it go. And for the people that we love the most, or for the, even the people that maybe right now you hate the most, allow God's love to just melt your heart and allow it to change you. I'll finish with one story if I can. And the final story is about the power of prayer. You see, when we read God's word every single day and we allow it to inform our lives, you know, can I encourage you? I did it all of last year. Get Nicky Gumbel's The Bible in One Year. There's an app for it, B-I-O-Y. Just Google that, Bible in One Year. And it takes you a systematic way through it. It was such an exercise to do. And Nicky Gumbel, I thank you, brother, for the blessing that's been to so many people, including myself. And it takes you systematically through the Bible in one year. I challenge you to stay to that plan and it not absolutely transform your life but the thing is this about prayer I love that phrase that I heard first from Canon J. John he said when I pray coincidences happen 
when I don't, they don't. And there's a story about a man that finds himself, I don't know if this story is true, but I remember hearing this from a great, great preacher called Peter Phillips. Um, when I was a young child in school and I tried to uh, research it and I've never been able to get any truth but I love this story if it's true or if it's not and this story was a man that had found himself on a desert island and he was lost and stranded and he was praying that some ship would find him and he'd been there several months and the island was so small there was only a mixed amount of wood that he could get together some to burn and some to create himself a shelter And he'd been praying and praying that someone would come, oh God, that someone would come and rescue me. And in the midst of all of it, one night, a spark had come out of the fire and his hut had gone up in flames and it had burnt to the ground. The very thing that he cherished the most on this small island, this one little shelter, had burnt to the ground. And he gets up in the morning at dawn and he's looking around and says, thanks very much, Lord. I pray for you to save me. And this is what happens. Everything goes up in flames and now I have nothing. And about five hours later, there's a ship that comes by. And when he asks of the captain how he discovered him, he says, in the night, I saw some flames. And I know this territory very, very well. And there's only a few sparse islands that are here that are so remote. And I'm thinking, why is there a fire over there? So we took a detour and we came this route. You know, sometimes, church, when we pray, the answers to our prayers don't come the way we want them to come. That sometimes when we pray, instead of changing the situation... God changes us and changes our attitude and changes how we feel. And that's my heart's desire for all of us in the context of wherever we find ourselves today. For those of you um, here at church or those of you listening online, I don't know where you hit God's purpose today. Whether you're in a high or a low or a defining moment, but I know He knows. And so wherever you find yourself today, I pray above anything that you'll find the secret of loving yourself. And don't bother rubbing a lamp. Turn to God's word and just understand that in the words of Jesus in Matthew 22 verse 37, he said to us that the greatest commandment of all is that we love the Lord our God with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our might, and we, we love our neighbor as ourselves. Go spread your love this week. Spread it on God. Spread it on people. And in so doing, you'll lavish yourself with the love of God. Thank you. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.